Welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. Hi, welcome to Tech Talk, y'all, season eight, episode 175. I'm Adam Walker. And I'm Sanjay Parekh. And we wanted to introduce the episode today. For those of you that may not know, Sanjay and I have started a new venture. It's called Together Letters. It's a collaborative email newsletter tool. Sanjay, you want to tell them anything about it? Uh, yeah, it's awesome. That's what I want to tell them. <laughs> it's, it's a way for people to stay together and connected and not have to use social media and not have to do it in public. So you do it all through email. People don't even have to make an account. Uh, well, the person starting the group has to make an account, but everybody else doesn't ever have to make an account or, or set up anything. They just get emails and uh, get solicited for their update and it all gets sent out. And we're actually doing a big update uh, by the time this episode comes out. The update should be done and we're going to have some new features available for folks to use. So yeah. uh, give it a try. Togetherletters.com. Togetherletters.com. And we also have a Together Letters podcast where we talk about how we are creating this company, this software company. So we're really excited about it. So listen, and, and by mind, the way, we're, we're open about it, right? So we talk about all the, the details and the nuts and bolts of all the stuff uh, even before. And sometimes we even talk about ideas and figure out stuff on the podcast that we end up implementing later. Yeah, it's kind of like you're you're getting a sneak peek into an actual company meeting, which is exactly what the podcast is, is a company <laughs> meeting that we record and publish as a podcast. So there you it's, go. it's pretty great. But listen, you're here for Tech Talk, y'all, and we love you for that. So in this episode, we are going to talk about Spotify, Fries, a new thing called NFT, which I think Sanjay probably already knew about, but I did not. So we'll talk about that. We got Facebook, net neutrality, Twitter, the army, quantum computing, and of course, weird and wacky and tech recommendations coming at you. It's going to be great. We got some really good articles today. So let's get started. Spotify to launch hi-fi, high quality audio subscription later this year. And it is something I will not be paying for. <laughs> Sanjay, are you a potential customer for this? I am not a potential customer for this because I just, it, it's really good as it is. It is. This is it's for those like super. So I think what they're really trying to do is, is the people that subscribe to title, Mm -hmm. which is the music service from Jay-Z and folks right. that does lossless delivery of audio. Yep. Um, that's like their big claim to fame. I'm sure Spotify looked at this and said like, hey, we've got to compete on this level as well. Yeah. And so they're going to be doing that. So I don't know. I think it sounds really good as it is. I've got all of my devices that are logged into Spotify to set to highest bandwidth. Yeah. And I don't know. It sounds pretty good. It sounds maybe, great. If you've got a maybe, good set of maybe, headphones, you're good. Maybe if we listen to it like uncompressed, we could maybe tell the difference, but I don't know. I think to tell the difference, you'd have to have like a, re a really nice audio setup. I think so. I think for these, you know, and they, I think they call them audio files, which to me sounds like a terrible name, but nonetheless, they, like for the audio files out there that really care about audio quality, I get it. I am just not one of them. I've got friends that are. I'm just not, I'm not a potential customer for that. So it is, but what I am a potential customer for is the latest Firefox release that includes multiple picture in picture and total cookie protection. So the first thing is, I love it. The, I, the total cookie protection is amazing. And I want you to explain that in a minute because I read it and I, and I get it, but I like how you explain it better. The multiple picture picture seems really dumb to me. So the, the whole point is that you can pop out multiple videos and have multiple videos running at a time. <laughs> Why would anyone ever want to do that? That doesn't yeah, make I, sense to me. I don't know that I got that one. Like I'm 
don't maybe if you're watching like like, like I think it's sports is the, is the best use case because you can watch sports with no volume, so you can have like three or four games popped okay. out of your browser at once and stack them on the on the which okay. actually is pretty cool. The the only the other uh, use case that I thought of was like security cameras. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. If you got those and you need to arrange them somehow and they're different tabs or something. Yeah. Like okay, maybe use case. But like I can't see myself actually using this for anything. I do use no. the pop out sometimes. Oh, I like use if the pop I'm watching out all the time. Hulu yeah. or Netflix or something, yeah. and I want to have it in its own little like you know corner. Or well, whatever. and the pop it's out in Firefox is great because you can pop out a video, and then on 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 a Mac you can swipe between you know desktop screens. Oh so right, swi- yeah. And the and the pop out video stays on all of them for you, so it just oh, travels it? Okay. It travels from screen to screen with you, which is really great. So when it, so for, if I actually want to watch a video while I'm doing multiple things on the computer and they're across multiple screens, I can keep the same video in the same spot all the time, which is fantastic. I'm going to have to try that out because on Linux, I've got the same thing, right? Multiple desktops. I'm not, I don't know if it actually travels and, and goes across desktops. The one gripe I've got though about the, the pop-out thing is when you're watching Netflix mm. and if you've got subtitles on, the subtitles yeah, stay in, in the, the main browser, browser when they're not in the thing, right? It's <laughs> yep. kind of annoying. It's kind I'm of like, ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. total cookie protection is kind of awesome. It is. And if you're using Firefox and you don't have um, one of the many extensions that we've talked about that you should have to control cookies, this is going to help you because what they're doing is basically they're creating a, a little cookie jar for every single website that you go to. And so now a site cannot embed something like Facebook uh, trackers and track you across the web and all the sites that you go to so that Facebook now has a complete picture of wherever you go. Right. And so this is awesome from a consumer's perspective. Yeah. From a publisher's perspective, this is horrible. It's a nightmare Um, from a, from an advertising perspective. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing. This is no different than you having a store in the mall and now not knowing where people go to and came from when they came to your store. It's yeah. not like they come to your store and then you follow them around the rest of the day to figure out all the other things that they do, right? So this is no different than that at this point. Right. And so just because you had this capability, publishers, doesn't mean it was right and doesn't mean you have a right to have it going forward. And I think it just means you, you're, we're, we're all going to have to be more creative marketers rather than stalking people. We actually have to draw people to us, right? Which is probably yeah. the better type of marketing anyway. So yeah. as a marketer, I, I... Do I, the work. Yeah, exactly. Do the work. We're going we're gonna to do the work. It's going to be okay. So... Next up, uh, something that's kind of a sad story for yeah. me. Uh, yeah. Fry's Electronics suddenly went out of business. Um, and we have just one Fry's here in Atlanta, right? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. in, in Gwinnett. Oh, yeah. I've been there a number of times when there's like random bits and pieces that I can't find anywhere else. Right. But yeah, apparently Fry's uh, is a family owned company. And basically overnight they were like, yeah, we're done. We're and done. shut down, what was it, like 40 or 80? I think, it was, I think I think they only had thirty nationwide 30? at one point. I thirty, yeah. I think they shut them all down. But I, but I don't I don't know, Sanjay, if you've been there in recent years. So let me let me describe to you my experience with fries over the last say decade or so. Okay. Uh-oh. So the first time I ever went into fries, I was like, this is unbelievable. Like just a mecca of technology, just so big, so many like options. Like I mean, it was. It was almost like going to a physical Amazon. It's like they had everything you could ever imagine. It was unreal. Okay. So then fast forward, you know, maybe five years into my experience with fries and you go, it's still just unreal. Like, like 
the biggest TV I'd ever seen in my life. I think the price tag on it was $20,000 sitting Holy in moly. their showroom like a like like they're psychos. Like, why would you put that around the general public? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Like so, they're psychos. I'm just saying. Okay. So then fast forward the last year, you go in there and it's like a ghost town. And there are empty, like... There was this pre or post pandemic? This was pre pandemic. There were oh. tons of empty shelves. I mean, like just nothing there to stock. It's not that they weren't stocked. It's like they don't even have anything to stock. Like whole big sections of the store basically just vacant. Like it's like they went from having 100% inventory five years ago to then suddenly <laughs> they're running it like literally, I'm not even kidding, like 60% inventory. It was shocking. Huh. And so, and it went from being like incredibly well managed and like really nice and bright and shiny to like, I'm not feeling very comfortable in this store right now. Like that's kind of how it went to, I mean, it was really, really strange. So I'm not exactly surprised. I don't know about the other stores nationwide, but if the experience in Duluth is accurate of all of them, this does not surprise me in any way. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad because I, I felt like, you know, if you needed random parts, mm-hmm. like, you know, resistors or capacitors, stuff like that, like that was a place to go. Yeah. You know, right. it, it was that in Micro Center. Micro Center doesn't have there's one that's not that far from the fries. Right. Um, here. And it just does not have the, the wide selection. It, the storefront isn't even that big um, compared to the fries. And so. I don't know where you go now um, in Atlanta. I'm sure there's random electronic shops that are around yeah, that are small mom and pop shops that you can go to to get stuff like that. But um, I don't know. It's kind of kind of sad. And then sad. reading this article, I'm like, wait, they're ha- they had fries that had like UFOs coming out of them. I and like, know. Design, like, like, why didn't we have that? I know. Why was our so boring looking? Come on. Maybe so. it would have had more of a chance if all of them were like awesome yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't know. So. And I just pulled up their website too. Yesterday when I was reading this article, um, the website was like MIA. There was nothing coming up. But now they've got a, a page up there that says, yeah, we've shut down 31 stores like you mentioned. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, that's it. And, but by the way, if you have a credit card from them, you're still going to get your monthly bill. So you're yeah. not going to get a, a, yeah. a, a you know, you're not getting off scot free. Get out of jail yeah. free on that uh, on that debt that you have there. So, well, uh, speaking uh, of something that's not free, or a lot of things actually that aren't free, the NFT market tripled last year, and it's gaining even more momentum in 2021. And we've got a sub article about this, which is why an animated flying cat with a pop tart body sold for almost six hundred thousand dollars. So, and and by the way, NFT stands for non fungible token. By the so, way, thank you for saying that because I was not going to try. So, <laughs> I would have been like fungible fudge. I don't know. So, yeah. So it, basically, it, this is art. Yeah, uh, it's, this it's is digital. It's digital. Digital art. art. Yeah. And because of uh, the blockchain, you track it, and there can only be one owner for each piece of art. Now, I gotta be honest. Like, I don't get it. Really? <laughs> uh, I'm going to be quite honest here. As, as somebody that's involved, like I get digital art. Yeah. I don't get necessarily buying digital art that there can only be one of, because I mean, by the fact that it's digital, it can be copied. Like I understand like there's ownership and only one person can own it. Even if there's other like fake copies out there, like right. I get that. But I don't know to me, I, I'm maybe a little bit of a purist. Like I like, certain things like art to be physical. Yeah. 
and they feel more valuable to me when they're physical. Like I've, I'm a comic book guy. Right. I got comic books back to the early eighties. Like I've got Wolverine number one. What? Like I, nice. Yeah. Um, it, and you know, I, I bought it for like two and a half bucks. I think it's worth a few hundred dollars now. Nice. Um, I like those physical comic books. I've never bought a digital comic book because I just, I don't know. It's something about the, the tactile experience of yeah. having a comic book and reading it. And then yeah. it feels like it's valuable because it's one of X number. Whereas a digital comic, like they can just make more copies, right? Yeah. Like they can just keep yeah. selling copies of that. That doesn't feel special to me anymore. And, and, and to me, like having ownership of a digital asset where there are likely many copies out there, like, Okay, what does that even really mean? I mean, so I guess the I guess the the flip side is the interesting thing about this is there's a whole market for this stuff. I mean, like there are people willing to pay large sums of money to own specific NFTs and it's like becoming a really big thing. So uh, the example of this then is a auction that's going on right now from an Atlanta artist. I saw this a couple of days ago. I was like, oh, I'm definitely talking about this. Okay. So there's an artist by the name of Greg Mike. He's awesome. Um, he's done some work for me. I, I commissioned a, a piece from him um, when I was down uh, doing the incubator thing. Um, and uh, so we've linked to his, his auction site. It'll be over by the time this episode comes out. But he's got these cans that he did. And um, it's interesting. He's actually linked it to physical products as well. So the cans, they were up and thousands of people uh, got into the drawings for each one of them. There were only 30 for each one mm-hmm. at 2000 a piece. Okay. So each one of these digital cans, there were only 30 of them. They sold for two grand a piece. So 60 grand uh, for each one of these essentially is what he's making. So they're going to allow them to be sold on the secondary market and up for two weeks. And then whoever owns it in two weeks gets a digital screen. So it's basically a display that has the art on it. Nice. So they could have that to dis- to, to kind of showcase the two biggest pieces. So there's one that's the master can set of 50 cans. Right. And then there's this plasma that he's always wanted to do. It's kind of his style, but he's able to, to have the colors change and everything. They also come with 42 inch framed plasma screens that have the artwork on them like okay now i think i see a little bit of the value here like i'm buying the digital art yeah but you're going to give it to me in a way that i can hang it up on the wall yeah so the intertwined plasma it's right now it's at seventeen thousand dollars is the current bid wow the master can set there's something funky going on here so it was at a fifteen thousand dollar bid, mm-hmm. and then about nineteen hours ago, somebody bid out of nowhere fifty thousand dollars. What? I don't know if that's a legit bid or not, or if that was an accident. But it nobody's outbidding that, and wow. they might go. be paying fifty grand for for this thing. So mm, that's crazy. It's fascinating. I just, you know, if I was gonna get something from Greg Mike, I would have gotten a painting. Yeah, and for real. Just hung it up on the wall. You and me instead. both. Yeah, well, so. speaking of uh, getting new things, uh, that's going to be a different process in France. So why France's new tech repairability index is a big deal. This, So I, I read this article. This is a really big deal, and I think it's really smart. Yeah, so, I want us to uh, adopt oh, this same thing. In a heartbeat. So, so we've talked many times on the show that e-waste is a big problem. And this concept that you have a smartphone... And it is broken. And rather than repairing it, it is easier and cheaper to just throw it in a bin or throw it in the trash. It goes in the dump somewhere and it ends up in a landfill, which is really not good rather than repairing it. So 
France is requiring that makers of things like laptops and smartphones will have a repairability index that'll, that will be on a scale of various factors, like some of which are how easy is it to open the device up? How available are parts? <laughs> is it welded to repair shut the and you can't ever get into it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How, how you know how how available are parts to repair the device? Like all those sorts of things, and manufacturers will have to put a repairability index on there so people know the environmental impact that their devices potentially have. And then in a few years, this is also really great. And I don't know if you saw this buried in the article, but in a few years they're going to change it to a durability index. So then it'll yep. also let people know like how durable is this device. How long is it really going to last? Which is yeah. If really, I drop really it from smart. like three inches from the ground, is it going to shatter into pieces or not? Yeah. Um, the one thing that they mentioned that eh, wasn't great about this, and and maybe this is adjustments that need to be made into the index, is that um, they get points for just providing software updates and and things like that oh. that don't really go to the that's not uh, either durability or fixability of the device, right? But, um, you know, it, it would be good to track. Uh, I, I will say I noticed that Samsung recently, and we didn't link to this article, but Samsung recently said that they are going to provide updates for their phones for even longer than what Android uh, and Google is saying for their phones. Oh, good. Um, okay. So they've extended the life of those. And, and we've talked about some of these issues where, you know, people are still running Android phones that are like, five, six, seven years old. And we've talked about issues with SSL certificates and all that stuff. Yep. So it's good to see companies like this say like, Hey, you know, we're going to support our devices for longer. There's an intrinsic cost in doing that. Yep. Um, so it's good. And, but it makes you as a consumer feel better about buying those. Like, well, I know I don't have to just chuck this in a couple of years. So mm -hmm. hopefully this France's index will come to the U S and, and we can adopt um, yet, yet another thing from the French and, and maybe it'll be good, you know, uh, statue of Liberty and, and durability and uh, reliability index. I'll take like, them. Oh, that works. Good I'll things coming them. from France. That works. So next up, uh, it sounds like somebody in the whole Facebook Australia fracas has blinked. Somebody blinked. Uh, because Facebook strikes a last minute deal with Australian, uh, Australia around news content. Mm -hmm. uh, so it sounds like they've they've extended the time frame to be able to negotiate An extra month. this kind yeah. of deal. Um, but I think they all kind of realize, like, wait a minute, if they're willing to do this, go nuclear. I don't. Did know Did what you else look at the do. graph of the traffic of yes. the news sources? So it was like it was. I mean, it dropped off a cliff when Facebook made this thing. Like there were these news these news sources were getting this certain amount of traffic. And it just plummets after that. Yeah, I mean, crazy. this wasn't even like an ease into it. This was like a sheer cliff face. Like, you're, no climber is going up this face. It was steep. It was It was impressive. staggering. And I, yeah. it was also interesting to me that Google had previously reached an agreement with Australia that, rela that, it, it, that seems similar to this final agreement that Facebook reached where they are paying something to news producers. It wasn't really clear on what or how much or how that all works, but there was at least some benefit to news sources, I believe. Was, was that kind of how you read it as well? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's interesting, though, because I guess, you know, Google bowed down earlier. And, and so maybe in terms of sharing news, Facebook has a little bit more power. Maybe. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, it. it seems like a lot more people do get their news through social than through, I mean, you know, like I, I get a ton through Twitter, for example, 
Um, I don't really go to Google. I, 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 I go to Google News through my phone. I, I use the app a lot. Yeah. But if I'm on the yeah. web, I typically do not. So I think I reason. only use Google News if I actually know of a story. And I'm like, I don't know anything mm. about that. Let me type that yeah. in and find the story that I'm looking for. I don't just go there to search. Right. I think I get, like you, I get all my news mostly from Twitter. Yeah, uh, I get a lot from Twitter. And then we watch the evening, evening news every night. You watch uh, the evening news? Dude, yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean, way to go ABC old school, with David man. Muir. I mean, it's it's good news. Wow. Half an hour, you get to that, know what's going on. See, my half hour news comes in the form of a podcast every morning as I'm as I'm making my coffee, and I and it's run at one and a half times, so it's not really a half hour. That's how my half hour news goes. We we usually watch a lot of times. We watch the news as we're getting ready for dinner, right? Like okay, setting the table and doing yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and we don't watch it live usually, so that we can skip over the commercials. Oh, okay, nice. Okay, well, that's so cool. it's the thirty minute news is like I think it's literally probably like twenty two minutes, something like that. That's not too bad. So fortunately, uh, now we'll be able to get our news however we want, maybe, uh, because the net neutrality law to take effect in California after judge deals a blow to the telecom industry. Um, so in this uh, lawsuit, the Justice Department under the previous administration was fighting this. Mm-hmm. And under the current administration, Justice Department said, yeah, we're good and backed out of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so it has moved forward and this could be really great for all of us. Yeah. You know, what's funny though, is the organizations that are on the other side is this, te- the telecom industry folks are like, well, but all the states then could have different rules. And then it's going to be hard for us to comply to all the rules. And my first thought was like, well, just take the most liberal rules, the, the most permissive rules and just do that everywhere. Yeah. And, and you're good. Yeah. Uh, and just to, everything just to is abide fine. by California's rules everywhere and you'll be all set. No big deal. You're good, right? And honestly, that's what other industries do. Like that if you is. look at the automotive industry, mm-hmm. California has set the mile per miles per gallon uh, standards high, higher than other people, even yeah. federal standards. And auto manufacturers like, forget it. We're just going to do this everywhere and, and, and be done. And with honestly, it. that's kind of what I love about California is they're like, <laughs> they're like we're going to pave the way and we're going to just make everybody else conform. I mean, even like to the point where, and I'm sure you've seen this, you know, like there's certain... Uh, carcinogenic labels that have to have like, like things have to be yep. labeled like it's carcinogenic for California standards, but not for other places. So when like I see prop the Cal- 47 or something yeah, like so that, when I see the the California label, I'm like, Oh, I'm not buying that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if it's not good for California, it's not good enough for me. I'm not, I'm out. It's, it's, I'm out. it's funny because we've done the same thing. Like we'll buy something and, and my wife will see that and she'll be like, wait a minute, what is this? And then we go do research uh-huh. and we're like, Oh, it means this or that. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's like, well, sometimes okay, it's fine. they're a little bit stringent on that. So it's yeah. probably okay. Cause I'm not going to be licking this product that is for something else. I like, mean, let's you know, hope not. It won't get you into know, me. Let, but, yeah. Uh, but other times we're like, oh yeah, let's speaking not of, that. speaking of carcinogenic before we get to our next article, uh, I was also listening on, on that news podcast. I listened to in the morning and, and one of the fun things they were talking about was apparently a new study came out that found that new car smell actually is that way because it contains carcinogens from like all of the new prod the shiny new plastic and everything from else all the stuff yeah, that are in there that, so like, that's awesome so if you like that new car smell uh and you're commuting a lot that may not may not be a great thing so just 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 inhale would... a big <clears throat> sniff of carcinogen <laughs> want that new car smell you're you're good to go so all right well our, our next article speaking of new uh twitter announces super pa- or sorry twitter announces paid super followers 
to let you charge for tweets. So the idea, and actually, this is actually very similar to uh, to Substack. I've started using Substack for my yeah. nonprofit newsletter. And one thing I love about Substack is that you can have a free newsletter and then you can have a paid tier where certain people that pay get something additional from you. So maybe it's an additional newsletter per month or something like that. That's exactly what Twitter's doing is you're going to have a paid tier where, you know, maybe you have a million followers and you say, hey, if you want to pay $2 a month, then I'm going to I'm going to send you X number of special tweets per month about this, right? Whatever it happens to be. So um, is that I think that's pretty cool. And they're also introducing groups interest groups. Yep. So you'll be able to follow interest groups kind of similar to the way you would on LinkedIn in particular, maybe it's similar to the way you would on Facebook. So um, yeah. I guess my first question I, is, I, Sanjay, are you going to do this? And what is your paid content going to be? Uh, I probably <laughs> am not going to do this. I think I've realized like, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm good at producing content Dude, like you that. produce so much content on Twitter. I can't even keep up. It is unreal to me how active you are. I'm like, how does he have time to do this? Like, what is I just, he doing? I just notice things and think about things and just real quick. But I'm not good at like the newsletter thing or the blog post thing. No, but like, you could do the Twitter know. thing, man. You could do I it. I could do the Twitter thing. Yes. Maybe I could you do could the be Twitter like, thing. You could be like, look, for $1 a month, I'm going to give you my political hilarious commentary. You know? <laughs> and people will be like, I'm in. Sign me up. So The hilarity of yeah. politics. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I feel like that could probably get me into trouble. So maybe that's not a good not thing. Not any but, more uh, trouble than you're already getting yourself into. I mean, you're I good. guess that's true, right? Like <laughs> right now I'm getting into trouble for free. I might as well get paid. That's right? what I'm saying. I've got to get paid. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I worry about um, where this kind of goes for Twitter uh, and kind of what ends up being the end state of, of what Twitter is. Like, I feel like some of these things might just be glomming on to get yeah, revenue and kind of that. diverging from their kind of mission. I can see that. I, I don't even know if they actually have a stated mission, honestly, but yeah. uh, I feel like they do of like, you know, connecting people and, yeah. and keeping the conversation alive yeah. and whatnot. But I don't know. I feel we'll, like this we'll could see. be, I, I feel like this could be a really smart move, honestly, for, for people it, that it have could be. really large followings. It, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting move. Um, I mean, it's more of that influencer move, right? Um, you, you think of influencers yeah. in terms typically of like TikTok or, or Instagram, but it, it could kind of turn into a more of an influencer market on Twitter, which could be interesting. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I was I was reading an article just a little while ago. It, it didn't make it into the, the cut for Tech Talk, y'all. But um, it was talking about a gamer who spends like eight hours a day uh, streaming games oh, and yeah. stuff and, and everything. And they make about half a million dollars a month. Oh, that's uh, dude. That's super common. I, I mean, that's and yeah. But just reading about this this person's life, they were talking about like how how it's a hard job. Like you're just sitting there, just and then you've got this onslaught of comments and like yeah. all this like garbage and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's worth and half a million. You, and you got to keep it entertaining. And you got, I mean, yeah. it is it is a it feels lot, like a lot of work. It is a right? lot like, of work to do well. So to mm -hmm. me, I feel like if I were to do this, like Twitter would become a lot less fun and a lot more work. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's for me. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the army, this is something that's a lot of work. The army is building the world's most powerful laser weapon ever. Yeah. I kind of love it, man. Ever. Like, I, I mean, 
ever since G.I. Joe, I've been waiting for laser weapons to come out, you know, and like <laughs> the the picture on this article feels very G.I. Joe-ish to me. So like uh, this, is, I think that's an artist rendering because I don't think that's actually, I mean, of course like, it's but. an artist rendering, but I can still, I can because still appreciate it. I'm in the article, they talk it's about it being NTF. a, a 200 femtosecond long burst, yeah. which means you would not be able to take a picture of it. No, no, it no, no. So, so, I mean, so just real quick that the bullet points at the top of the article kind of say it all, which I love. Uh, they're issuing a call to develop an ultra short pulse laser. The laser is designed to unleash, quote, enormous power in a fraction of the time that a, a regular laser weapon would. And the weapon should have the ability to fry a target's electronics with an electromagnetic pulse, which, I mean, honestly, that'd be pretty baller. Like, you know, I'm saying like if you've got a laser <laughs> and you can fry a jet's electronics in midair of anemone, like that's a pretty destructive move. So, you know, but but, you know, if the EMP blast is big enough then you might wipe out like computers on the ground, which, you know, I don't know. It's got to be hyper-focused. It's got to be hyper-focused. Like, like. but I'm just, I'm just expanding forward. And then uh, it could like knock out all the computers that are tracking. I don't know the blockchain for art tokens. And then your art is all gone. Uh, Yeah, that's true. I mean, it could happen. I'm just saying that's why Mm -hmm. it's better to have painted art rather than because (laughs) you you don't want like a laser destroying your digital art i mean in all right? fairness though a two-year-old could destroy your physical art so i mean it's it's just a question of That's what true. you're you know what you're willing to risk so i don't know but but this is remotely they could do this whereas the two-year-old you're going to see them doing it yeah well, that's fair. All right. So last article, and then we're going to hit uh, weird and wacky. A quantum computer just solved a decades old problem three million times faster than a classical computer. Uh, I'm going to confess something right now. I understood that title. I don't know that I understood any of the rest of the article, but I understood that title. So. It, it was a long article, so I didn't actually make it through the article. Um, <laughs> but I think what it boils down to is... Yeah, quantum computers, super fast. They're, it's going to be a big deal at some point. Uh, that's yeah. as far as I got. Okay. I mean, I think the the thing that we've talked about a bunch of times is like, what happens to encryption? Yeah. Once these are prevalent, right? Because because it's gone. I don't think encryption works. Because you can put in anymore. all the permutations you want that so so quickly, it's ridiculous. So yeah, it becomes a big problem. I think right. So yeah. <clears throat> could be a problem and then yeah. somebody could then just steal your digital art and then it's gone <laughs> because they've got a quantum computer so i'm just saying if it was a painting they'd Listen, have to break into your house but with this they could just do it remotely. you have no idea now how tempted i am to break into your house and steal a painting like you just have no idea how tempted i am i'm just saying just saying so yeah you you gotta see that the lasers are there pointed at the front door the femto lasers they'll, they'll get you time for the weird and wacky segment abominable snowman oh, not an axe one of the tas turned out to be a bot okay so our we have one weird and wacky article for today and it's creepy i'm not gonna lie. it's creepy so my the article's title is My Heritage Now Lets You Animate Old Family Photos Using Deep Fakery. So what this does is it takes one of those black and white old family photos and it animates the person's face and it makes them kind of like uses their eyes to look around and they kind of smile and whatever else. And it was funny because as soon as I started describing this to Sanjay, he goes, like the art, like like in Harry Potter, like the pictures in Harry Potter, <laughs> which is exactly what it's like. It is so creepy looking. 
I so I haven't looked at. I'm I'm pulling it up right now to see what it looks like. Just click on one of the Just, quick videos that oh, are in the article. Oh yeah, that's that's weird. It's I mean it's really clever, honestly, and it's it's I mean it's kind of like watching because you've you've seen those those uh those like like captures of Photoshop, you know, where over time like screen captures of Photoshop where over time they like completely transform somebody's face and it's really made. It's kind of like like that, right? But it, it but it's honestly done with AI in real time, but it's. It's crazy. Looking. I kind of want to do this now and then get a digital frame and put this on the, like the digital frame. Like this is digital art that I'd be good with and then put it on there and hang it up on the wall and then just have the people just kind of looking around the whole like time. Like Harry Potter. I know. Exactly just, like Harry Potter. You just want to pretend you live in Hogwarts, man. I get it. It's cool. I mean, you know, just the sorting hat. Listen, man, and... just live in Gryffindor Tower, not in the dungeons. That's all I'm trying to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to be in the dungeons. I, so. I'm actually on the last book. I, I actually haven't finished the last book. I'm, well, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm only on the second book because I'm reading it to two of my kids. I've never read them. I'm reading them to two of my kids. What? And I'm, we're, almost, we're halfway through the second book together. So, Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. You don't know all the things that happened. I don't like, know. my. I was very upset on the second to last book. Like I was like, no, no, not, not now, not yet, not yeah, here. Right. But it, it happened. It is what it I'm is. not going to tell you what happened. Don't tell me. You might don't already t- know. Let it be a surprise. Do you don't know what me. happened? I know what happens, but don't tell me anyway. Okay. So okay. Um, our listeners might not know. So I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. Tech wreck, tech wreck. Time to get your tech wreck. Tech, 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 tech wreck. Chicky, chicky. Tech wreck. All right, Sanjay, it is tech wreck time. One of my favorite parts of the podcast, honestly, Uh, not just because I get great tech wrecks from you, but because I kind of love thinking every week about like, what can I possibly share? And there's really, it feels like every week, like we can't find something. And then it's like, oh no, I've got this amazing thing that I've used for the last five years. That's great. I should recommend. So um, what's your recommendation for today? So it's uh, something relatively new that I've uh, implemented. I think a long time ago, I recommended uh, private internet access as my VPN service. And because of that, I got private internet access as my VPN service. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of them anymore. Well, uh, because they uh, <laughs> they were acquired by a company that um, is a little bit questionable. Mm. Uh, they've had some malware in their stuff and, and things like that. And so I started searching around for somebody else. And I've stumbled upon this company, Molvad, M-U-L-L-V-A-D.net. Um, it's based out of Sweden, out of uh, Gothenburg, actually. Okay. And, and I've actually visited lovely Gothenburg uh, because that's actually where they make Volvos. Uh, and I went to go pick up my Volvo. To get that new car, carcinogen smell. I, you, know, <laughs> you know, I now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if the Volvos actually have that smell. They, you know, they're very like that's environmentally good. friendly and, and uh, nice. I don't think they have that they smell. They probably air it out but anyways, real good. <laughs> they, yeah, they must air it out very nicely. So Molvad, it's really interesting. So you can go on their site. You don't have to even give them your email address. You get an account number, no password. That's it. And then you can sign up. You can pay them with Bitcoin if you want. You can pay them with a credit card. But if you don't even want to do Bitcoin or a credit card, you can actually mail them cash money (laughs) in the mail so that they don't know who you are that is crazy and they will credit your account and then you just use it and so so your pricing is very straightforward you You can admit it you mailed cash i didn't mail the cash i i did a credit card but i might create a new account and i might try out mailing the cash just to see what happens but um the uh what was i gonna say the um 
Uh, oh, I totally lost my train of thought <laughs> because thinking about thinking about the cash. Oh my god, uh, so good. Yeah, well, whatever it was, I don't know. Right, it, it seems good. Yeah. It seems right. uh, it seems well done. I I'm using it um, on my devices. Um, I'm actually even using it on my phone. Mm. And you know, m- the biggest test for me was private internet access. I've tried it on my phone before, but I've never left it running for days on end yeah. because it will kill the battery. Okay. I'm using all that on my phone and I've left it on for days and it's not, I don't really notice a big difference. Mm. Uh, I'm sure there's a slight difference because it's using some CPU cycles, but I don't really notice a big difference. Mm. And um, most sites still work. They're not detecting this as a VPN. It's fast. The other great thing. So my uh, service provider does not have IPv6 set up yet. Okay. um, All the way down to my device. You can use this VPN and enable IPv6. So then you're accessing all the devices that are IPv6 as well. Right. Which, I mean, everything's, you know, on both sides right now. But um, honestly, I'm seeing really, really fast rates, um, even with the VPN. So, you know, on uh, speedtest.net, I'll get three, 400 megs down oh, dude. Uh, without a VPN. Stop talking to me VPN, right now. I'm still getting 300 stop megs Stop talking down. to me right now. Just stop it. Just stop it. So performance is great. Oh, here's what I was going to say. The pricing. The pricing is very straightforward. Okay. They say it's... It's $5 a month if you pay for a month, if you pay for a year, or you pay for a decade. Um, They don't do any discounting. The price is the price. That's all there is. There is no free trial. But if you don't like it, you can get your money back within the 30 days. So you can go on there, give the five bucks, and you keep paying for as long as you want to use it. The real question is... Private internet access, I prepaid for a couple of years, so I'm kind of like locked in there. But I'm like, I don't care because... I'm going to try something else. The real question is, will they mail you back your $5 bill if you don't like, like that's the, (laughs) so (laughs) they actually say this, like there are no refunds if you send in cash Uh, because of money laundering issues. (laughs) Okay. Um, So there's no way for them to give you the cash. That's really smart. Okay. I appreciate that. (laughs) So what about you, Adam? What do you have for us today? So as you know, Sanjay, I am in the process of uh, working on a software startup with a particular security minded individual and Said individual was setting up accounts and, you know, wanted to make sure that I had two-factor authentication turned on for the particular email account that I was going to be using for some things, which actually, in all fairness, I should have had on anyway and regrettably did not. So I know. You've known me for like three years doing this podcast. Well, you've known me for longer than that. I know. Three years. I apologize. I I know. So, so I set up two-factor authentication and I started and and, and that got me to thinking like, you know, it occurs to me, I really don't have a lot of, there's a lot of accounts I don't have two-factor authentication set up on that I probably should. And some that they're just optional, not a big deal, but I'll go ahead and set it up anyway. Um, and then I realized, man, I've got like three authenticator apps for some reason on my phone that are using for very, I don't know why I had that. I have no idea why. So I, I consolidated all of them to the Google authenticator app and it's great. And I like it. So first of all, I like it better than text message authentication. One, as a user experience, I actually like it better. And two, because text message authentication is not great, right? So um, so it, it's a good user experience. It works really well. And you know we should be using uh, more authentication apps anyway. So if you don't have one, check out Google Authenticator. It's really, really great. I, I was searching around and I'm going to have to use this as my tech rec next time. But there is a site that you can go and it lists all the sites that have two-factor authentication services enabled for them. And and the ones that don't, like you can go to the financial services tab and actually find like all the banks 
and see which ones support what. So you, then man. maybe you might want to pick a, a bank on that. So uh, listeners, uh, next time I will find that website and that'll be my tech rec. I, you, I, I'm, I was disappointed in my bank because my bank only offered text message two-factor authentication. Uh, I was like, yeah. really? Come on, man. What are y'all doing? My, so. Mine is the same way. Uh, but uh, the one that we're using for business stuff does not. Yeah. They use uh, yeah. They use the right the, stuff. The right thing. They, yeah. they, I, I, Although I, they don't support YubiKey yet, I wish. They, yeah, but they I've been would. really impressed with them as a bank. Um, they're it's yeah. it's the best banking experience I've ever had uh, from a and business perspective. We'll recommend that. Maybe you'll recommend that next time. Let's do it. I love that. All right, Sanjay. How can our listeners find and connect with you? They can find me on Twitter at, at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, uh, or SanjayParik.com, or also the Together Letters Twitter, Together Letters, uh, as well as the Together Letters podcast, where they can also find you, Adam, but yeah. where else can they find you? Man, uh, I mean, you can check out my website, Adam J. Walker. Find me on Twitter, AJ Walker. I really am trying to be more on Twitter. I've done a better job this week. Still not great, but better. And uh, I mean, look, hit us up on Together Letters. We really want people to check it out. It's getting better and better and better. And I'm seeing new things from people and, and new updates from people that I communicate with on a regular basis that I did not know. And it's really deepened my relationship and appreciation for them. And uh, it's really been very impactful for me personally. And so I know it can be impactful for all of you as well. So check it out, togetherletters.com. We would greatly appreciate it. And uh, with that, I guess we're, uh, we're a wrap. We're a wrap. Chicky, chicky, chicky.